good Thursday evening. Welcome to another edition of the Thursday Night Throwdown. Midnight Rider riding into the sunset on his noble steed. We need a big guy, KG. We are your sideline junkies. And as mentioned before, this is a Thursday night throwdown. Uh, we got a game tonight, Miami versus Cincinnati. Hopefully Cincinnati can get it right. Um, but I think this is gonna be this is gonna be a better matchup than anticipated. But before we get into that, I, I, it's in the show notes. If you you're looking at this on Facebook, this is what I'm calling the question of the week. And I say the question of the week because, and I, I got to type this out because I, I didn't do any of my production duties, any of my production duties. But question of the week. And we say we'll put a pin in it. So if you were if you join us on Tuesday, you listen to the replay, we put a pin in it. Should Tua Tunga Bailoa been let back into that Buffalo game after he fell and hit the back of his head? Got up, shook the cobwebs out, took two steps, buckled, stumbled, and had to be held up. I think it should have been out longer. Um I think he came back like two dri- a drive later. If he sat out longer than that, so and then they came out with the excuse that it was his back, like he had some kind of back spasms, back issue. So, um, yeah, I think I think they should have taken longer. I think the PA should have done more because somehow we have had an investigation and there's actually details of the investigation. And I don't know if they reported the findings yet or not, but um, if they did. That'd be the first investigation the NFL has done this season where we actually got a report and information from it, which is kind of sad. Yeah. I, I think he should have been held out, not even long. I think he should have been kept out of the rest of that game, not because, oh, I picked Buffalo and Buffalo should have won in this. No, you have to look at it like this. This is not what it used to be, that – you know, like we always say, we're not your your, your parents' podcast, but this is not your grandparents' NFL. You right. know, it's more conscious of head injuries and the long-term effects. We're losing too many players to CTE that can't be diagnosed while they're alive. But we're losing too many players over the last 20, 25 years. And you go back even further, probably, and you can tell players had CTE, but you didn't know that then. You know, I, is, I, no, I worry about um, the CTE thing from this standpoint. I don't like that they try to make it seem like by just being in the NFL, they have this CTE. I remember there was a fullback at Syracuse named, um, I want to say he was Johnson. He played for the um, played for the Patriots. And I think he had like seven or eight concussions in college. So by the time he got to the pros, I think he had a couple concussions and he didn't stay in the league long after that. And it's just one of those situations where I think if we pay more attention to it at the high school level and the college level, maybe we get these guys to the pros with, with less wear and tear on their bodies and we can do something about that. That's the other and reason, I, why, you know, that hit we were talking about on Michael Parsons. That's the only reason I think that might get pushed and get kicked out of there because that could be a situation where you can give a guy a concussion. Because we're Here's my thing, and I said this a long time ago, that 
when it comes down to youngsters playing, you shouldn't be playing contact at least until middle school. And I'm seeing, you know, young kids. And I know this now. I've taken my oldest son out of football. He's a basketball player now. And I, when he played football, he tried his damnedest to be like his dad. And I was like, you can't do that. That's not the style you can play anymore. I said, you see how it's hard for me to get up in the morning? My knees are swollen. My ankles are swollen. My hands hurt. I said, that's from years of playing that rough. I wanted to be Earl Campbell. I wanted to be Chuck Foreman. I wanted to run over you and through you. Forget running away from you. I wanted to run over you. When I switched to defense, I wanted to run through you. I wanted to exist in the same space for a split second, but you're what you were going to get out of the way. Long-term effect. And you got these kids that see that, and you know, it's a it's a uh it's a little joint going around on um I seen it on Instagram, it's on TikTok too. Uh, of the, the 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 little boy explaining what a what a woo lick is, and I'm like, you shouldn't even know what a woo lick is, right? You know, you know, when everybody say lick, everybody say woo. You know, you got to make them say woo. You should know that. He sounded like he couldn't have been no more than six or seven, maybe even eight. You shouldn't know what a woo lick is. Not at all. Yeah, it's tough watching those kids where the helmets are bigger than them. Mm-hmm. Um, they almost look like uh, Pez dispensers as they running around the field. So, yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. But I think we've – that has gone so far into our culture that I don't think you're going to – it's going to be a struggle to get those contact leagues, those full pad leagues at the youth level, the six, seven, and eight U's and nine U's. I mean, they, they make so much money. I don't know how you're going to get them to take steps back and actually step off of that. Well, like, who's going to make the legislation for that? Well, you know what? With the, the way things are going, um, I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen the inner the, the inner gender uh flag football leagues where you got the girls playing the boy with the boys and stuff like yeah. that, yeah. and the girls are the stars? Yeah, so you know the NFL is making that push because of course the Pro Bowl is going to a flag football game this year. Um, and they're doing excuse me, they're doing a week of um games this week or that week for the Pro Bowl as opposed to having the regularly scheduled padded game. And the other reason they're doing that is because the NFL is making a push. And this is where the NFL is genius. They're making a push to get um, flag football in the Olympics, in the upcoming Olympics, yes. Because, again, we're trying to grow this internationally. So now if these kids start playing some football, some form of it early on, maybe they translate into players. But what they definitely do is they translate into becoming viewers of the game. And I wouldn't doubt for one second that any of those leagues that the NFL puts over there, they wouldn't have the team colors and the team names. So that way these kids can get close and understand, all right, this is the Saints. This is the Patriots. This is this. Because now that takes that learning curve and shrinks a little bit because now they have somebody to go look at. So, mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we talk about flag football. I don't like this whole Pro Bowl thing. That wasn't my idea at all. Like, I, I came up with an idea during last year's Pro Bowl, during that week, why not make it a week-long event where it's like not not even week-long, but a weekend-long, starting on Thursday, everybody comes into Hawaii. Put it back in Hawaii. Everybody comes into Hawaii on Thursday. 
the game is Sunday, but you got activities. You got the quarterback challenge, um, skills. You got all this stuff all weekend. You got the celebrity game. Um, remember the armchair quarterback where you had an NFL quarterback sitting in the armchair and throw passes? Bring that back. Oh man, they used to, they used to ride him around on the. He would be in an armchair. And they would move him around on like a like a a, a track. And they would move him around. He would sit there and throw passes, throw passes. But he wouldn't move. He was permanent quarterback. So if you got close enough, you got down. I think if you threw it to the quarterback that was sitting up there, it was a touchdown. <laughs> it was just fun ways to integrate the game. And we talk about flag football. Give a big shout out. My work wife, my former work wife, uh, uh, her flag football career. Absolute monster out there doing her thing. Uh, keep egging her on to come back and, and, and do it again. For? I forget who she used to play for. Okay. But she was an absolute beast. Beast. But big shout out to her. I started watching flag football more because she was telling me about it. I was like, shoot, maybe it might be hope after 40. I know. Nah, bro. You don't, <laughs> want, you don't want that struggle no more. Man. They got so many leagues now. You can do a little bit of everything. But they do have over 40 leagues. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But if they did it, if they put it over. And see, this is. The NFL is joining this late, but that was the NBA's model in the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Take everything overseas. You got basketball without borders. You got the Olympic teams. You got games that were played in Europe, preseason games. So you got to see players, and then you see how big the the overseas game grew. And in my opinion, the players from overseas are more fundamentally sound and sometimes more talented than the players here because fundamentals is preached overseas and i think that'll be the big striking point for the nfl fundamentals and i remember they had the, the campaign heads up right. so the kids would tackle with their heads up instead of holding their heads down keep that going start at the bottom and start getting these kids fundamentally sound and we won't have another tour thing because you you have to know you, you okay it's great to be a warrior but when you're wounded you're wounded come out the game I mean, that's Tua shouldn't have never stayed in that game longer than what he did because, like I said, this is not old school football. He shook the cobwebs out and came back in there, but I'm sure he was loopy for a little while. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure he heard bells ringing. Yo, that's the worst feeling. Yes. I, I've, I've been concussed several times, and I always tell my wife, I say, yep, I pay for it every day. The migraines, the, I mean, I, I haven't, I didn't. I don't forget anything. That's a, a gift and a curse because I can't forget anything. But the migraines are a beast. Sometimes they set, shut you down for hours. Sometimes they shut you down for a couple of days. Not where it's at. Yeah. So moving right along, we got a game tonight. The Bengals versus the Dolphins. And Cincy, <laughs> three and a half point favorites. Over under is 48 and a half. Uh, a couple notes, courtesy of the Midnight Rider. Just he on this production thing, like he knows his assignment. He understood the assignment. <laughs> Tua is fourth in completion percentage. Seventy-one point three percent of his passes are completed. Burrows, uh, thirteen completions of fifty plus yards since twenty-one. I think he's like leading the league in that stat. And then Joe Mixon's the only player with fourteen hundred plus scrimmage yards. Mm. Um, in three of the last four seasons. 
let me ask you a question. Make sure I got this right. Wasn't Joe Mixon the one that they had they had issues with coming into his draft? Yes, because he had the altercation with the girl in the, um at the bar. Yep, at Oklahoma. Yeah, but it it wasn't his fault. She did something to him, but they tried to spin it and make it seem like he did it. Well, what it, what it was was, um, since they saw him hit her first, that was the immediate thing. Mm-hmm. Was him hitting her and them? I think they even got escorted out of the bar. So it became Joe Mixon hits a woman. Then, of course, as we always do, we react first mm-hmm. without the story. Then we got the story. And I don't know if anything ever came back from that, but yeah. Like he, they told the story, and then it was just like, oh, let's push it in the road. Kind of like they're going to do this, the young lady, Allison Feaster. I mean, they came out, they accused her of cheating. Um, there's another young lady up in Boston that does their pregame show that has been pushed out in the rumor, in the rumor mill about her being one of the M.A. Udoka chicks, and, like, there's no coming back. No. There's going there's to be no apology. Of course not. You're going to have all these memes and all this stuff because the world we live in, we're so in such a hurry to be first that we're not being right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that does a disservice to some people, to the people involved. And Joe Mixon is one of those people that just, I mean, he was wrong for hitting her, but once we found out the story, it was kind of like, okay. And it, plus, the other thing is, he was—he's good. Yeah, and he, the thing about those things just don't stick. That's why I like Joe Mixon, not because he's a good football player, but it was that whole situation. Everybody was dogging. I'm like, I always—I had to. I'm not gonna say always. Now I always do, but then I was, you know, ready to jump to conclusion. But I was like, something ain't right. He ain't just gonna walk up and hit no no chick like that. Right. And we found out it wasn't. Now I, I've learned. Over the years, and the boss BJ can tell you this, that you have to let the facts come out before you start jumping to conclusions. Mm. And my wife always says, just wait. She says, because what's being written right now, they're going to have to retract a lot of stuff. And she, you know, we talked about the uh, the M.A. Udoka thing and everybody, I mean, everybody jumped on Nia Long's side. Oh, we need to be strong for Nia Long. We need to be strong. And whenever I saw that online, I'm not even going to lie. I hesitated because I was like, you know what? I don't need to do another thirty day ban, right? Exactly. And I, I was, I always, what I always want to say was, you strong for your homegirl when her man was cheating on her with you. Mm. But you know, I can't say things like that. Mm. There's a lot oh, of things you can say. Yeah. Oh, so was that? I guess Tuesday. This is one of those ways you got put a pin in it because we can't go <laughs> off on this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, 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 we'll put a pin in that one. We'll, we we'll find the Bengals or the Dolphins at all. Yeah. And we'll put a pin in that and we'll come back because everything has to come out. Everything has to be addressed and said. But we got a game tonight. And the Bengals have been off kilter. They've been not themselves. Are they hung over from the Super Bowl? Oh, I wasn't expecting that. That's even mm. a better question than I thought you was going to ask me. Um, are they experiencing a hangover to a degree? I think what the Bengals have done is they came out, they have T. Higgins, Boyd, Jamar Chase, and they have Joe. And what they've done is they kind of came out, and I think they thought that they were just a passing team. I think they've kind of gotten away a little bit from the mix, having Joe in the mix, mm-hmm. pun intended. So, um, and I think that's the situation that they're going through is they're – Exposing their line when they shouldn't be. They need to run it a little bit more. I'm not normally a big run guy, 
Um, I like the hey, I'm sorry. We we blitzing all day. If you ever played me in Madden, I'm shooting for the stars and we blitzing all day. You can score 30. I don't care. I don't mm. care. Don't uh, see <laughs> me. I'm on the I'm on the other side of that spectrum. I know you play like uh, you probably play with my boy Thomas. Smash you know, smash mouth. You know, yeah, yeah. But but see, I use I use the one to set the pass up. So that's what I think Cincinnati gets needs to get back to. And I'm glad you said that last part. I think Cincinnati needs to go back to running the ball to set up the pass. And then mm-hmm. Cincinnati, they lost. I think they feel the loss of their tight end. I think his name was Umoza. Um, mm-hmm. He went to the Jets. I think that stings a little bit because Drew Sample and company aren't the same talent-wise as this guy. So I think they took a step back at tight end, and that hurts their passing game a little bit. But the other problem they have is just, again, that front five that blocks for him, it's not pretty. Well, you know, you can always call no face to play tight end. Who? Notre Dame's own Tyler Eifert. Nah, Eifert done. Bring him back, man. I love, I love Eifert, but he was done. He got hurt. He had too many bad injuries yeah. in his career. And he that's that was his only issue. Like Tyler yeah. was 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 a dog. His only problem was he just he would get the bad one. But see, when he played, you knew what you hey. were getting. But when was he going to play? That well, was the issue. I remember he had one. I think he had a bruised tailbone. And I'm like, dope. That's not a that's not a good feeling. You can't play with that. Right. But <laughs> here's the thing. Ooh, hold on. I don't want to this stack is too good for me not to mention it. So Joe Burrow has been sacked two plus times in 12 straight games, the longest streak in Bengals history. And, I, you know, I'm glad you said that because I was getting ready to go to the office of line. They spent all this money mm-hmm. to upgrade this offensive line. And Colin said, oh, you know, I'm your bodyguard. Yeah, well, you ain't guard nobody right now. Here's my thing. Are you going to start bringing in guys like you need O-linemen? You need guys who's going to come in here and play, but you got to have a what same thing I say in Washington, you got to have that mesh. You got to have those guys that have that continuity and have that brotherhood and be able to say, Hey, I know our communication is great. We're good. You know, we're, we're going to be all right. Do you start bringing in guys like a Eric flowers? Like, uh, I think, uh, who was that? I think uh, I was listening to, uh, somebody, they said Baltimore brought in Ty and Secchi to run officers. And I'm like, I haven't heard. I didn't even know Inseki was still in the league. Yeah, he, I mean, he went to Dallas, and then something happened in Dallas. He didn't play a lot, but he wasn't he wasn't the same after that. Maybe because Dallas kept playing him on the right side, didn't give him much on the left because his, the left is his more natural side. If he plays left tackle. He can. He's not going to be great, but he's not going to get you killed. He'll be like a Cornelius Lucas. But when he plays right, it, it's a little it's a little iffy there. And most people don't realize that playing the tackle spots is totally different. Like right. if you, especially with a right-handed quarterback, you know, left tackles is blindside. It's different when you switch over. Cause I remember they moved, Washington moved Morgan Moses to the left, like for a couple of plays. They said, oh, hell no, go back to the right. <laughs> we'll find somebody, go, go, go back to the right. I'm surprised he didn't fall start and they didn't get any plays off, but that's a whole nother story. Hey, I used to call that dude the top five right tackle in the league. And I used, I, I sit and look at that and I'm like, 
Yeah, we gave him top five money, was he? But you I know, what, he was one of he one of those few things that actually worked out for him. You drafted him in the third round, I think. And you know what? Again, we're gonna put a pin in this after I say this. Um, Washington's third round versus Washington's second round. The results, if you I'm telling you right now, you're gonna be amazed at how bad the second round is and how good mm-hmm. the third round. I will say that I agree with that, but we'll put a pin in it. Now, looking at the Dolphins, looking at the Dolphins, this team is three and zero. This team, wasn't this team one in fifteen a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. And they've improved dramatically each season. And if I'm not mistaken, at with Tua as a starter last year, they didn't have a losing season. They haven't had a losing season in. What three years they had back to back winning seasons, playoff list. But you know, anytime you finish 500 or above, it's a winning season. And and God, I don't want to go there. Damn it, I don't want to go there. No, I don't want to go there. I don't, I, I want to, but I don't. No, but the, the foundation was laid. Um, the problem the, which you about to ask me is the first year Ron had to stick with Dwayne, second year. No, that's not where I was going. Oh, okay, that's okay, not where okay, I was going okay, at all. Okay. So, so then, all right, we'll, we'll have that conversation off here. Mm. So, so looking at this game, looking at Tua, I think Brian Baldinger, if you ever get a chance to watch his little Instagram thing. Oh, I watch him all the time. He called them the Blur. I think it was the, the Blur Brothers was the nickname he gave um, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And that's that's just true. That's the fact. That's what it is. If you watch those clips, I don't know any DB combination that's going to stick with these guys. They're too fast. They get up on the safeties. The safeties can't turn their hips, and they're gone. And if Tua can just get the ball out of his hand a little bit quicker, like sometimes he got he to gotta make sure. I used to know a guy that was real fast, and he would just say, just let it go early. Just oh, try to overthrow me. Like, don't try to hit me a stride. Just try to overthrow me, and I'll catch up with everything else. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what Tua's got to do. Because I think the second he does that, and he just lets it go, his numbers are going to go up. Yes. I, I mean, he he's already leading the league in, like, air yards and um, completion percentage on throws above, like, 10 yards, 10-plus 10 air yards. So it's, it's just not going to do anything but get better with these guys. I think Miami's only true issue – is I don't like their running backs. I don't like Edmonds. Um, I think they need a better back. Mm, if they I can figure that. that out. Um, you know, if New York wasn't two and zero, you know, you call New York and ask about Saquon um, and see what he's doing. You know, see what they want to do with him. Um, he, I bet he wouldn't mind going from New York and going to Miami, sitting out on the beach. You know, good times. You know what I'm saying? You you know what. First of all, let me talk about running backs. They let go one of the running backs that I thought they should have kept, and that was Balage. I like Balage. Just he was never he he's not a feature back, but he's a good guy to have in the rotation. I like Balage, but they let him go. Now you need running backs, and it seems like we don't have too many game breaker dominant running backs. It's like you have your well, I can't even put him up there no more. It's like you have your Saquons, you have uh Jeez, who else we got? This is like Saquon McCaffrey. 
Yeah, um, McCaffrey when he when healthy. Chubb, Nick Chubb. Um, John, I put Kareem Hunt up there because he's doing good. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and then it's everybody else. But no, it's a drop off, and then it's everybody else. So you got right. those at top echelon guys up here. You got this huge drop off, then everybody else comes. But you we know, don't have coach, dominant running backs anymore. You're not going. The game doesn't do that anymore. Hmm. Joe Mixon would be in that mix too. But yes, you don't have um, offenses aren't set up to run to set up the pass. Like I think there's only in the last three years, if I remember this that correctly, there's like only four or five teams that actually have a higher run to pass ratio than pass the run. Like it's something wild like that. It's, it's like it shows you the direction of the league. It's almost so with analytics, there's this place that they call um, diminishing returns. So when you get to a certain percentage above, like say above 65%, you get diminishing returns from your passing game. So that's why a lot of teams are going heavy pass because they know that short pass can is just like an extension of the run game. Mm-hmm. Now that's like gospel. That's John 316 of the NFL playbook is the short pass is an extension of the run game. Well, what did they call the West Coast offense? The long handoff. Yeah, that's it. That's all it is, long handoff. And that's what we're getting to, and that's where we're at. And so now when you talk about running backs, and I'm glad – see, you're the king of making segues out of segues because when we're talking about Mike McDaniels, you're talking about a guy who came up under Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, the Shanahan tree. Mm-hmm. So the Shanahan tree doesn't have a feature back per se, but they have backs that do a little bit of everything. Like Terrell Davis is probably the last – Terrell Davis and maybe Clinton Portis are the last – Portis. Just, Right, that's I had to put because yeah, you know the mind's working as we're talking here. But yeah, <laughs> you know, so that's the last like major feature. Kyle's only feature was what Alfred Morris. Yeah, you know, so 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 you you go into that mindset. So they signed like four running backs before the start of the season. And by the way, I did not like Balaj. I think he was an Arizona State kid. I oh, never mind. That's a whole different again. Penn. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think Miami sound like four backs. They all do a little bit of something different, and and that's the, the way they work. Whoever's hot, that's the back that week. You know what? And that's how you got to be because you can't having four running backs and saying okay, everybody does the same thing. You got to have everybody has a different skill set to do something. Like I want everybody to be able to catch at least a little bit out of the backfield. Right. But you you got to be able to either – one got to be able to run up the middle, the other one on the outside. Uh, the third one, he can run inside and outside. The fourth one, just a straight power, short yardage back. Jerome Bettis is fourth and one. I know he can sneeze and get that one yard, and I'm good. Well, what they do is they have all like kind backs. So all these backs excel is once they put their foot in the ground and they make, they make a cut, one cut running backs. Mm-hmm. Like one of the worst decisions I ever made in fantasy football was – I thought that Travis Henry under Mike Shanahan was going to run for 2,000 yards because he's one of the best one-cut runners I ever saw, or I, that I saw. I'm not going to say ever saw. He's one of the best one-cut runners I saw at that time. And I was just like, oh, he's going to feast. Of course, that didn't happen. I suffered, but that's the mistake that I made. Back to the game, the other thing that we're overlooking is Cincinnati's front on defense. Cincinnati front gets after it. 
they were able to take control against the Rams in the Super Bowl. Um, the kid they got from New Orleans, Trey Hendrickson, is always at the top of the league in sacks. And so they have a nice mix, and then their safeties are pretty good. Uh, Jesse Bates is a guy, I think he's like a late pick, uh, maybe a third or fourth rounder. And I know he's got to get paid. He's on a franchise tag this year. So with Cincinnati, their defense does just enough to keep them in ball games. So it's just up to the offense to make it work. See, I'm going to say this. You talk about one cut backs. Tim Hightower was one of my favorites. Oh, gosh. I, I, because I just I was a Tim Hightower guy. Tim's only problem was that knee injury. Yeah. And I, the game, the game that he, he tore his ACL, he had put his foot in the ground, and he came up, and he started hopping. He grabbed his knee. I said, ACL, he's done. I said, he's done. Because he had a bad one in Arizona, and then he came here on the reclamation project, and he had I think he had another one here. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. what happened, I, he gave out advice. I remember he was on 980, and – they were asking him, you know, about RG3 and a knee injury. He was like, worst thing you can do is get after it too hard. Right. He was like, I got after it too hard. I was on the bike. I was trying to rehab. He's like, I was not trying to come back. I just wanted to feel better. He was like, man, my knee was so stiff and swollen. I couldn't do nothing. He was like, you got to just take it easy and listen to the docs. He said, I want to listen to the trainer, not the docs. Don't do like I did. And speaking of which, I meant to address this the other night, so I'm gonna address this, and then you know we'll, we'll move on to whatever's next. We gotta make our picks. Yes, RG three and his videos. You know Carson Wentz with his O line, and you know him dancing around, and his wife hitting him with the bubble ball. He wearing all his jerseys: Ravens jerseys, Browns jerseys, Washington jerseys. All right, I kind of took I took offense to it because. You, it, because it seems like he never speaks about Washington in a positive light lately. But you'll sit there and you'll tell them, make the call. When you're on ESPN, you got your Washington helmet behind you telling them, make the call. I can be the next man up. You sit there and you beg for a job, but you rip them in the media every chance you get. But second, you think you got a job, you beg for a job. And I think he got a lot of football left in him if he wants. But he, he does have a brilliant career on TV. And I, I, I'm i shooting for the dude to win. I want him to win. I want him to win. I want him to win since the first time he, he, he came here. I wanted him to win at Baylor. I wanted him to always win. Stop oh. the cheesy shit when it comes to Washington, dog. Because you look like a bitter no, bitch. No. You never stop. It's always... Here, hold on, hold, hear me out, because I'm about to say my favorite seven little word that I say to you all the time. Content. Oh, come on, man. Okay, it's always man. about content. You you watch wrestling, so this is why I don't get your stance on this. You watch wrestling. So he's making himself a heel in Washington because it's A, one of the bigger markets in the, in the area. Colin Cowherd does this the best of anybody I've ever seen. He will talk about Washington, He'll talk about Cleveland, and he'll talk about, um, I think it's New York he also gets on. I think it's the Jets. And when he does, he always says something negative about them because he knows that those three fan bases will always, always go into his mentions. He has nothing to worry about because once he says something bad about Washington, 
here we come. Full-fledged right in his, into his inbox. Full-fledged watching the show to see what he says next. I, I, I get that. He said, what did he say about, he said John Wall will never win because he did the Dougie. And no. that sticks. That still sticks. Like, it's still John something Wall. people mention. It's still something people mention. And so RG3 doing these videos, it's it's genius to me. But it, it, it may be genius. But why don't, genius. You, why don't you say that about Dallas? Why don't you say that about because he didn't play in Dallas? So so, but he doesn't say that about when when well Lamar's Lamar's not getting killed in the in the, in the pocket, right? Uh, he doesn't really say nothing about Cleveland. He was there for a ham sandwich. Well, you know, he, uh, he his, said he ruined no, his Cleveland career because he wanted to take. It was like a third and six. He was he only had four yards. He tried to dip his shoulder into the linebacker. The linebacker cracked him, and his shoulder went snap and or whatever it did. And that's how he got hurt in Cleveland in like week two. And then but, he played like um a couple of weeks later in Buffalo. And what's your boy that went to um he played here for a stretch? Linebacker. Um God, only reason I remember his name, remember him, is because uh, Mike Mayock said on his draft day, he was like, he's he's allergic to hitting or getting hit. Um he went to North Carolina. It's a linebacker, fast as heck, but ugh, iffy everywhere else. But he played for Washington. He played in Buffalo. But in Buffalo, he had this hit on RG3 where he's about to decapitate him. Like, if you ever – I can't find it anymore on, on YouTube. I don't know if YouTube, like, restricted it because, like, it's in death or something. But it's something it else. I can't think of his name. But, yeah. So – Here's my thing. In Cleveland – the only thing I've ever seen him say, and I'm, uh, this may not be the only thing, only thing I ever heard him say about Cleveland is when they were going through their losing streak, he was like, everybody was like, well, RG3, you ain't got no right to talk about Cleveland. He was like, I'm the one that led y'all to you all last franchise win. And I was like, boom, there it is. Now, see, something like that, a clap back like that, great. But don't go asking for a job, and then all of a sudden you got a lot to say. When he, and I still think, he should be the backup in Baltimore, at least on on the roster in Baltimore, because everybody told me I was wrong about this. Have you seen Tyler Huntley? Yes, but see, Tyler the, Huntley is but see, this listen to me. This is why he should be there because of what he went through as a black quarterback, as a black running quarterback, as a Heisman Trophy winner, top draft pick. What he went through, the mistakes that he made, and I say he's the best mentor for Lamar Jackson. He is the best mentor because he lived that superstar life, that high-profile life, and it got him caught up. He got hurt. The things that he went through, he was able to say, hey, Lamar, don't do this. Don't do this. Watch out for this. Watch this. Do this. Mentorship. That's why he should be there. No, he had three years of that. Yeah. For three years, Tyler Huntley came in, outplayed him. So then, then Baltimore was like, what's the point of me paying you? Veteran mentorship. No, that's not worth that, man. Man, you put you keep Huntley where he is because Huntley actually might bring back the Ravens a third or fourth round pick this upcoming summer because the way the Ravens operate, because they're definitely selling. I'm hoping they sign in Lamar. They trade Huntley and then they got to go get them a um, backup. Well, so let's get to this tonight. We'll see. We we got picks. Yeah, yeah, we gotta make these picks. Because game starting in, in, in what 
10 like minutes. 14 minutes. So, all right. We got Cincinnati. What's that? Three and a half point favorite. Yep. The over under 48 and a half. I'll let you go first. So I'm pushing the over for sure. Um, mainly just because I like offense. And then I got Miami. I think Miami's going to end up being like 7-0 and oh at some point this season. I think mm. Miami is two teams that I like a lot, and I'm scared that I like both of these teams a lot. Miami's one, and the other's Jacksonville. So, um, but based on what I see, I just don't see the corners in Cincinnati being able to stick. Now, maybe the safeties, they, they run some kind of scheme. They run an umbrella, go um, build parcels on this, and, you know, they make you play, take everything underneath. Other than that, I just don't see them stopping the cheetah and waddle. Uh, I'm gonna say something. If they get to seven and zero, do you understand the yes, yes significance? There's, in, there's meaning in what I say sometimes. And, KG. Oh my god! But then you know who's gonna come out the woodwork, and I, I'm, I love that. I love when the 72 Dolphins come out and they're on every channel, especially Mercury Morris. Please put Mercury Morris on TV for me. I love Mercury Morris. I love Zonka. I love those guys when they crop up when somebody's going undefeated and then they get to pop their champagne. I love it. Absolutely love it. Tonight, I'm rolling with you. I'm taking the Dolphins. Not because I don't have any faith in the uh, Bengals, but the Dolphins are hot. I think Tyreek Hill didn't do very, very well last week. Well, Sunday, I think he's going to get his man. Tyreek Hill, I'm gonna say he he, he gonna get he gonna get about a buck fifty receiving. So be careful. Secondary of uh the Bengals, I think it's gonna be a shootout. So I think it's gonna be like seven to three. I got a I got a name. No, nah, no, nah, this is this is something for me personally. This is when you sit there and you watch NFL Network and you watch preseason football. I got a guy. He plays for Miami. Watch, just you might see him get a touchdown today. Name is River Craycraft. Plays wide receiver. I think he wears number eighty-five. So if you see a a, a non-touch touchdown by somebody not named Waddle or Hill, check the river. <laughs> All right. Uh, but now I'm, I was joking about the seven to three. Uh, the seven to three shootout. I was joking about that. But nah, I think no, nah, I'm joking about that. <laughs> I'm gonna say, uh, I think Cincinnati's offense is gonna get going, but give it to me 35 27. Oh, you actually picking a real shootout, yeah. Oh, Thir- 35 27. And the only reason why Cincinnati loses this game, Burrow just gonna fall short of throwing that touchdown. And needing that two-point conversion. It's going to be a furious comeback, but they're going to fall short. Because I noticed Miami will get up early. Right. And, and they'll, they'll they'll take the foot off the gas. And then the other team will fight back. And they'll step back on the gas. Or they'll get down. And they'll put their foot on the gas and keep going. And then they'll let up a little bit. And it's it depends on which Miami team you get. But 35-27. And um, for. Oh, I didn't get a score. So 31-27 is my score. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 31-27. I like it. We talked about Super Bowl hangover of the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. It wouldn't have been a Super Bowl hangover if Aaron Donald wasn't off size and they would have called it. But, hey. Okay. Hey. 
last team we seen lose a Super Bowl and have a severe Super Bowl hangover that lasted what twenty years almost? No, it wasn't even twenty years. It lasted fifteen years. The Raiders. Well, they lost in two thousand two, and, and they didn't win. It. They didn't win any games yeah. significant to what 2016-17? I think the Falcons are in one, but the Falcons. Are, mm. That's what I want to talk Sunday. Mm. Sunday, I need. We need like five to ten minutes on just the Falcons' offense. I got. <laughs> like, I might, yeah, just put that in the show notes. Let me let me write that, that down. Yes, because I want to talk about the Falcons' big three, and the Falcons. name that you should have is Drake. Kyle Cordero. All right. I yeah. I gotta do some homework, but that's a All quick right. preview. So if you tune in this Sunday morning, we'll have the Vikings and the Saints playing. Oh man, yeah, they'll be already playing. They play at 9 30. They'll yep, they'll be playing during our normal 10, no, eleven o'clock show, is it? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, I'm not getting up at 9 30 to watch that. Even, um, no, wait, uh, no, I, I I might peek, I might roll over and peek at it, but I ain't I don't know if I'm watching. So I got two, but I got Thielen and uh, Ooh, these white jerseys. Hey, they, they yeah, they all. Oh, and speaking of which, we wearing black jerseys on Sunday. Yeah, th- those are my third favorite ones, but I still like them. I think the white are the best for us, the Commanders, and I think the red. Oof. Need more I, detail. I think I'm a I'm a jersey guy. See, that's the problem. <laughs> like I could go right now if we took a time out. And I went to a drawer, I'd pull out like 10, 12 different jerseys of different teams. Like, I got a little bit of everybody. I got a Rams jersey. I got a Redskins jersey. I got a Colts jersey that people think is a Cowboys jersey. I, I got it all, man. So, yeah, I'm a jersey guy. So, that's – let me stop there. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing wrong with that. All right. So, what's our schedule the rest of the week? Uh, we got the Saturday Night WrestleManiacs coming back on Saturday. Uh, as far as I know, I talked to the People's Choice Don Rodriguez. As long as work doesn't call for us, we'll be on. Of course, Sunday, you got the Sunday rise. There we go. Um, Tuesday, of course, we got the Tuesday night flight slash DC sports rundown. So, depending on how things go on Sunday and how livid that we are, we might do two shows, might go Monday and Tuesday. Of course, next Thursday, we right back in and we'll just keep rotating, keep rolling it over. That's right. Um, I, so, you know what? What else? Because you all said headlines are brought to you by Fanduel first. Fanduel always put that out there because I don't want to get charged with any kind of copyright or any kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. that's that's all I got. You Everything said something. You said something in the group chat that I want to bring up, and we'll put a pin on that Sunday. And Uh-oh. it's a part two to this Dallas Washington rivalry and what really killed it. And I, we got to get into that. So that's something for your viewing pleasure. Come so, Sunday. so the tease is you'll get the Atlanta Falcon big three, and then what killed the rivalry for the Washington Commanders and the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. Coming to you Sunday. Oh, my goodness. And then don't forget, in between that, you still got the Saturday Night WrestleManiacs. Bring the wrestling information in the world. Hell, they cover every wrestling association. If you re- if you wrestle in Tibet, the big sumo, he probably knows about it. Yeah. If you wrestle yeah. in in Tuskegee, Alabama, or wherever Tuskegee is, the big sumo knows about it. Yeah. 
and it's not the big super mom sorry it's the Nubian it's the Nubian Subo and he 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 knows all of that now the people's choice Don Rodriguez one of the greatest producers in the world when it comes to tag teams though yeah he doesn't have any good choice to take some tag yeah, teams yeah number one tag team of all time don't don't Killing say that over it. Don't, don't say, don't say that <laughs> I don't need nobody we don't want to discredit him and his show by his police but he, he, you know he's not serious. He, you know he like to say right. that because it's right. it's great, and um, it's the road words. But we got to get out of here. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We are out. Of course, we don't do no overtime. We are out of here.